got a bunch of brand new faces today, so I'll introduce myself and then we can do a, a round of in introductions. So my name's Keegan, been in the cannabis space since the beginning of 2018, started as a laboratory analyst at a lab that tests for cannabis. Then I started developing software and then I decided, you know what? It's time to just help everybody in the cannabis industry. So I started Canlytics to principally help laboratories, but really anyone who needs help with data. Now, I would love to hear about what your interests are and what brings you to the group and what you may hope to learn. So I'll just start in my top left corner. Jerry, would you be interested in introducing yourself to the group? Sure. I'm a marketing communications and data analytics consultant. Uh, just finished a, a very big project and don't have anything to do. So I want to do a uh, to do something, you know, get involved in doing an analytics project uh, just to, you know, keep in keep my hand in the, in the game. And I saw the meet up and I said, wow, yeah, maybe I should do something with cannabis. It's a, a new and growing industry. There's probably something very interesting here. Awesome to have you, Jerry. You're in the right place for certain. Yeah, hope so. Yep, you are. Yosef, would, would you be interested in introducing yourself to the group? Hey everyone, my name is Yosef. Actually, I work uh, right now as a cloud solution consultant. Uh, and I discovered the meetup yesterday and told myself, why not uh, try to meet people eager to learn like me? Because I'm doing, I'm trying to learn data science on the side on myself, on my own. So yeah, it's a great opportunity to meet uh, like-minded people and uh, ask for help and uh, advices. Awesome, great place to learn data science. Patrick, would you be interested interested in introducing yourself, please? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, my name is Patrick Callahan um, in Wilmington, Delaware, um, just uh, twenty minutes outside of Philadelphia, and. Um, we have some clients in the cannabis space and we're a data science and analytics company at Compass Red. Sorry. Awesome. Awesome. Delaware's on the agenda for today. So in fact, we're going to be talking about each and every state. So stay tuned. It's going to be an exciting day. Michelle, would you be interested in introducing yourself? Hello. Um, like some of the people said, I saw the meetup and I was like, this is a yes for me. Um, there's a couple companies that I follow to get information on, um, a couple of doctors who have companies in other states who have been practicing medicinal use of marijuana for like a decade. Um, so I'm basically just trying to get as much exposure as I can. I started my own cannabis coaching company last year to help people and teach people how to microdose cannabis for like um, ADHD, anxiety, depression, um, I'm autistic, so it helps with that. Also, um, trauma, yada, yada, yada. And I created my own dosing system, and it's an oral delivery um, and very easy to dose. It's not by milligrams, it's by ounces, so it's by volume. Um, but anyway, it's helping people be able to microdose it without having to uh, deal with being like affected and stuff. So I'm filling in gaps with science in this way also. Awesome. Your expertise is going to come in real handy in some future meetups. So we're going cool. to be diving a lot into the production and consumption of cannabis here in 2022. So today we'll be wrapping up a sales forecast. So in future meetups, 
as well as today, your ex your expertise will be valuable. Happy to help. Awesome. My board changed a little bit here, but Devin, would you be interested in introducing yourself? Hi. Yes, just working on my camera right now. Uh, Devin Maltano, um, working in Wilmington, Delaware, uh, at Compass Red. Awesome. Arul, would you be interested interested in introducing yourself, please? Yes. Hi. Good morning. My name is Raul Infante. Raul Infante. I am a medical marijuana patient in Connecticut, and I am also a grower as Connecticut. Ever since October, we've been able to grow our own cannabis. I have volunteered and I have been an employee at multiple hemp farms ever since the year 2019, helping them with the harvest and helping them with the seeding and with the taking care of the plant through vegetation stage. I got a few grows under my belt, even though the patient program just started in in October, I've got a few grows. I also, I've been growing since about 2017 in Massachusetts with my cousin for, for himself. I've shown and helped him how to learn how to grow. And right now I am currently like the head intern at a farm in Danbury called Cimarron Farmstead, S-E-A-M-A-R-R-O-N Farmstead. And we will be growing hemp this upcoming spring season. So that's just a little bit of background of where I'm coming from. And I'll be starting horticulture classes in June and out in one of our local community colleges here in Southern Connecticut. And that's just a little bit of background. I'm a father, I have a four-year-old. So yeah, things are pretty high energy at my crib, at the house. Thank you for having me and I appreciate you very much. Thank you for joining us. Love to have your expertise as well. We have a lot of data scientists, and although and that's I'm probably valuable, just gonna have you. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, sir. I'm probably just gonna have you in my ear because I'm at work right now, and I just wanted to be a part of it. Definitely, definitely, you can listen in and then watch the recording later. And always happy to have your expertise too, because it's so important to hear from the producers and processors and retailers and everybody in the industry. And really interested about the northeast because i don't know as much about the industry and in what part of area. the country are you in california sir or what's your name well kenlytics is based out of olympia washington right now i'm visiting family in north carolina so worked with lot worked with people all over the country worked with a couple people in massachusetts but you know i only know a cursory amount so yeah. always happy to learn myself yeah, me too. Always. Me too. And what's your name, sir? What can I call you? Aside Egan. from Canalytics? What was that? Exactly. And I got into the space helping out laboratories and my background's in data science. So just trying to combine the two. What's your name? What was Egan. Megan? Egan. Yes. Egan? All yes. right, Keegan. Nice to meet you, sir. Good to meet you, Robo. Yeah. I'll be, I'm going to be on mute. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. David, would you be introduced? I need to think of something else to say. David, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. So hello, everybody from Denver. So I work for the state of Colorado in Marijuana Enforcement Division, and I am a data scientist. So I'm happy to be here. Awesome to have you here, especially from the state of Colorado. So love, love that you're joining. So hopefully you can 
feel free to share and then maybe that you could learn a thing or two so it's awesome to have you so we're just sure. here to learn from each other thanks awesome so we've got four other people here there's kelvin it looks like would you mind introducing yourself okay let's see okay we may come back to you kelvin matthew would you mind introducing yes yourself? yes absolutely um i'm just trying to so you can see my face. Uh, so I'm a software developer. Uh, I'm actually one of our company's friend people also. Looks like we're about half the group here, which is kind of cool. But um, uh, yeah, just uh, this is kind of a unique meetup. And so we you know, wanted to be here as soon as we heard about it. So thanks for putting this on. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining. And I always say to everybody, there's a shortage of data scientists and software developers. So you're the value you can bring will go a long way. Thank you. Definitely. So we've got Michelle. Um, let's see. Ben, would you be introduced? Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi. Uh, also from the Compass Red team uh, here in Philadelphia, um, data analyst and um, product developer uh, on the team. Um, like was mentioned, we have some clients in the cannabis space. Um, I primarily, our team primarily works in R and R Shiny, um, as well as uh, all of the dashboarding applications under the sun. Um, the uh, uh, focus of my work has primarily been in data visualization in the R world, as well as uh, D3. So happy to be here. Awesome to have you. And we've had a lot of people who've worked with R in the past, and I always think it's just a, you know, programming languages are a tool, a means to an end. So I do a lot of work in Python. So I've got a bit of code to show you today in Python. However, it'd be awesome if you were ambitious enough to rewrite it in R. So that would go a long way too. All right. Dikelidly D. I may have butchered the pronunciation of that. Would you mind introducing yourself if you would like? Okay. So, Dykela D or Kelvin, you're welcome to speak up at any point if you want to introduce yourself. And you, you don't have to. So, options always there on the table. All right. Well, for those of you who are new to the group, I don't really like to steal the show. It just ends up happening. Um, it is a meetup here after all. Um, but long story short, I usually prepare a script and a short presentation just to sort of give the group a direction. And then usually that takes around 30 minutes or so, and then, you know, have a 15 minute or so discussion at the end. However, we've got a huge group today. So if you want to chime in at any point, just, just start talking up and, you know, we can start a dialogue at any point. But without further ado, I'll just go ahead and share my screen just so you can follow along. So for those of you who are new, everything's available on GitHub. So you can check out all the work we've done in 2021. And then I try to, I try to give more than 20 minutes, but I try to get the script for the day uploaded beforehand so that way you can follow along. 
and then just put together just a short presentation just to you know start talking about you know the subject for the day and so last week we started talking about okay you know what is data science and where did it come from and i said okay you know it's a mixture of statistics and computer science and my background is in economics so i like to splash in a little bit of economics but really it just picks from a lot of different fields so i did a little research and it looks like okay data science has been around you know 40 40 plus years now so we've got peter noir who didn't like the term computer science, and he thought it would be better called data science. So that's interesting. And then you've got CF Jeff Wu, who is an engineering statistician at the Georgia Institute for Technology. And he used he was the first one to use data science as an alternative name for statistics. So, you know, so just a little bit of history. It's always kind of interesting to know, you know, where these things came came about from. Latanya Sweeney, she was the chief technologist at the Federal Trade Commission, I believe, for, uh, for a period. And I believe she's currently a Harvard professor. So she's, you know, um, <laughs> she's probably forgotten more than I know. And, you know, she's just a, an expert here. And so she said, okay, there's three trends to watch for in data science. One, we're just going to be collecting more data. Two, the data is, you know, going to be getting more granular to the point where it's sort of like, you know, collect it if you can. You know, it's the data is getting so granular and there's so much of it that we've now reached what some are calling the data deluge, which is there's just, I like to call it a fire hose of data. So think of a fire hydrant that's bust a cap and it's just spraying out data. And so first things first, you have to wrangle it and then, you know, collect it and then, you know, think about what you're going to do with it. So essentially you need to design your data then you need to collect it then you can't forget about analyzing your data. So there's a little bit of data science for today. And now what we're all here for are, is about the cannabis industry. So as a good Bayesian, I thought I would ask some of you what your priors may be. So here are three topics that we'll be, question, that we'll be talking about today. And we can make forecasts and check our forecasts. But before we begin, does anybody have any expectations of what states may permit medicinal or adult use in 2022? And what you may expect sales to be in say New York or just in the US in general? Anyone? I'll speak on uh, New York. I'm in Brooklyn. Yes. Um, I'm from Western New York, so I'm just in this area in general. And it obviously recently became uh, legal here. Um, I've seen um, some head shops go up and come down really quickly. Um, 
like block by block. There were so many, um, but you needed a card. So now that you don't need a card, it's a little different. Um, but every single deli here sells um, in some form, like an, um, uh, liquid, like there's beverages, like you can literally get it on every single corner. And it's not like weed for sale here. It's like we have, um, you know, this, but we call it this, but you can literally buy weed from any single deli that sells it. Um, and then there, there's the other things, like I don't know if people have heard of like Kratom and all the other uh, plants that are alternatives to marijuana. So there's a lot of that going on. So I feel like for me, it's really chaotic and it's not something I pay too much attention to because my focus is more, my, my target is, I also have a marketing background and I'm a hairstylist of 22 years. So I have a chemistry brain in that field, but my, my target is mostly uh, middle-aged women, two to three kids deep, um, or stoners. There's like no in between. <laughs> um, but for me here, it's very chaotic because there's a lot of um, like dealers here that are like half legal and half not legal. So they do events out in the streets and they won't need any permits because they can just go before they get in trouble. But it's like everyone loves it and nobody cares. Like cops don't care about it. It's just a very bizarre vibe. So uh, my, I can't even answer any of these questions because it still feels like chaos. And I feel like it's going to be like that here, at least in New York City for a while, like years. Yes. yes. I'm also wondering in New York State, uh, just passed a deadline for uh, individual uh, municipalities to opt in or opt out for allowing uh, uh retail sales and uh, con consumption venues for recreational marijuana. Uh, and I don't know the results on that yet. That would be interesting. I know my, uh, I, I live in a, a village within a town. The village voted yes, the town voted no. They voted to opt out. So uh, talking about chaos. Uh, and then there's also the question, I had a client a while ago who makes uh, non-consumable hemp products. He has a cannabis farm up here. Uh, so I'm just wondering how that relates, you know, the because uh, there's so many products that you can get from hemp that are are not uh, uh, psychotropic. Is that the right word? I think so. Yes. Well, after listening to you two, I may have to update my priors. That's real informative. So it's going to be interesting to see. Let's just make sure this. It's going to be interesting to see one if you know the the gray market in new york becomes you know legalized you know by the end of 2022 and then as far as the towns or province or lo locales opting out from the research i've done the demand for cannabis appears to be fairly inelastic so that would suggest that People will just drive to the next town over and just bear the cost. But, you know, only so many people will do that. And, you know, it still may kind of curtail, con you know, consumption a little bit. So that may curtail sales to a certain extent. Hard, hard to say. Awesome, awesome predictions. So for me, my, my Bayesian prior was I'm not certain 
just to be honest. I'm not certain New York was going to get online in 2022, but after hearing from from you two, it sounds like maybe the ball is moving a bit quicker than I anticipated there. And then for the U.S. sales, I just had really no idea what a good prior would be. Um, I, so, so not the best prior, but basically, if I had to give one, I would say between like fifteen and sixty uh, billion. But um, we'll get to that in just one second. But some states to look out for. So just want to you know let you know that I got this from the Cannabis Business Times. They published an article recently, 15 states that could legalize in 2022. And here they are. It, you know, there could be some wild cards that just come that you don't expect. Um, that's happened before, but these are the ones that they said to watch out for. So, of course, st states like New York, they've already permitted adult use. We're just waiting for the rollout, similar in New Jersey, and so, so on and so forth. But just starting from the top, you know, Delaware, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Maryland. Maryland, I think, may be one of the more likely ones. Um, and same for Oklahoma. I would, Oklahoma has such a permissible market that it's essentially already adult use. You still technically have to be a patient. So I wouldn't be surprised if they formally allow adult use in Oklahoma. Ohio, things are trying to move along there with signatures. Same with Wyoming. There's efforts in Pennsylvania. Rhode Island looks like another one that I would say is a bit more likely. So I think they're waiting on a special session there, but basically all, a lot of, trying to think about Rhode Island's geography, but you've got states nearby that are all allowing adult use. So right in that Northeast, you've got Massachusetts, Connecticut is moving the ball forward, if not already has. And then of course, New York and New Jersey, so I think that'll put pressure on Rhode Island. And so I wouldn't be surprised if it moves, moves quickly. Nebraska may allow medicinal. Arkansas is working on adult use, or advocates are working on it. Florida, there's people are trying to get adult use onto the 2022 ballot. Same, same for Missouri. I'm just going to allow some people in. In all of the newcomers, I'll try to give you a chance to introduce yourselves and talk here at, here at the end. North Carolina, I was surprised about this, but there's some efforts there for medicinal cannabis, but moving quite slowly, that would be expected. And then South Dakota, an interesting one, they're trying to get adult use on the 2022 ballot. And Idaho, Idaho is an interesting one because you've got some neighbors like Washington and Oregon who have had adult use cannabis for a long time now. And so Idaho is thinking about getting medicinal. So these are some states that are coming along. And the reason why these matter is I saw CNBC put out a forecast 
for they beat me to it. So they put out a forecast for 2022. And so as a Bayesian, I have to incorporate this into my prior. So I would have liked to had it made my forecast before seeing this, but oh well, I saw these numbers. So CNBC is predicting total sales in the US is going to be 31 billion, up 28%. And that large growth is probably going to be from potentially new states coming online or things quickening in certain states. And they're estimating, I, it was hard to tell from the, the audio clip, but it sounded like they were estimating New York to hit 4 billion in 2022. Personally, I don't know how realistic that would be, but never rule anything out. So it, New York is a big populous state, so it may be possible. Question, comment? Uh, New York is eager to make money off of it for sure. So it doesn't surprise me the speed at which they think it's going to grow because especially here in New York City, um, one of the other things that I was going to say was there's a lot of fraud here. So like when CBD became a thing and you could get that at every deli, then um, there was a realization about how much of that product was just, you know, being sold willy-nilly and it's not right. So I feel like the same thing's going to happen with cannabis, especially with carts and stuff like that. Um, so I think that New York doesn't care. They're just interested in the revenue. So the faster everything can roll out. So maybe that's why they, the prediction is so large. You yes. think? Yes. And like you said, it sounds like people are already set up. So the infrastructure may be in place. So once they permit it, you know, it could go quickly. And I've said this in prior meetups, but I'd like to say, you know, states there's always um, an opportunity choice. When you choose to do something or not to do something, there's an opportunity cost. And so what I basically am saying is like, hey, states, you know, if you're you know, not permitting this, then like you said, there's this, it's not even gray, it's a black market going on that, you know, you're not taxing. Um, and, you know, uh, so the tax revenue could potentially go to um, you know, socially beneficial things. I always use the example of building schools because you you can kind of put a price tag on that and you can say, okay, how many schools can we build? And I say, okay, you know, that's your opportunity cost. You know, you can either let a, lo a lot of money. So we've been doing the math and it's, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars flow into the hands of who knows who, or you could build dozens of new schools. So, you know, the choice is yours, but now you know my perspective, but um, anywho, so those are the, the sales predictions for 2022. And what I always tell people here in the meetup group is always take numbers on in these data points at face value, right? So you know, CNBC has put forward, you know, their prediction, 31 billion, 4 billion. But, you know, it would be nice to see, okay, what was their underlying data? What was their forecasting model? How did they come to these conclusions? What assumptions did they make along the way? And so that's what we do here at the Cannabis Data Science Meetup Group. We, we're going to do an open source forecast. So open source, open data. So that way all of you can check it. We can all improve it and then, you know, we can, you know, apply the whole open source mentality where we can improve upon each other. So 
what I'm putting forth is a good, not even a good, it's just, it's in an accrued initial draft of a forecast, but it's, I always like to say something, a forecast, any forecast is better than no forecast. Um, you can debate that, but that's my opinion. So without further ado, let's build a forecasting model here. And so I always like to give a shout out to John Sylvia and Azair Iqbal. They were uh, two professors of mine at UNC Charlotte and they wrote a book, Economic and Business Forecasting. I just keep this with me at all times. This is a really simple, easy to read book that is a great foundation for forecasting. So just would highly recommend this book. Um, and so long story short, you know, a, for long-term forecasting, which is, you know, 2022, that's a whole year ahead. So we've done eight theoretical models for short-term forecasts, which are useful for, which are incredibly good for, you know, month ahead, three month ahead forecasts. But once you get beyond three months or so, you know, you, we're looking at a year here, and, you know, you want a bit more of, you know, a structural model that can capture some economic relationships. At the same time, they recommend keep it sophisticatedly simple. So, you know, it shouldn't be too technical or complex. And, you know, it shouldn't ignore economic um, theory, you know. So you basically want something simple, but still incorporates economic theory. So not too complicated, but, you know, not too simple and ignoring economics. And then uh, reading a good book here, and John Maynard Keynes is known for a different quote about the long run, but I thought this quote was a bit more optimistic. So in the long run, almost anything is possible. So I thought this ties in today because we're talking about states coming online. So if we're just using, you know, an atheoretical approach, it's going to be hard to forecast these states coming online. So that's just a bit of background. Here's the actual model. So essentially, this is super simple, probably too simple, probably more economic variables can be included. In their book, Sylvia and Iqbal say, you know, they're using forecasting models with hundreds of variables. So this has five. So we could probably add more variables here to get this more complex, but got to start somewhere. So these were variables that we have and we can forecast them into the future pretty well. So what, what are we saying here? I'm basically saying, okay, you know, sales is a function of population. The more people you have in the state, the higher demand is, the higher sales are going to be. Whether or not the state has adult use or not. Just empirically, we've seen that states that have en enacted adult use see their sales increase. 
So there must be something going on there, perhaps on the supply side. Well, actually, I mean, that's a, both a supply and a demand side variable, right? Then a couple more things that I was going to include were the months that the state has permitted medicinal. And I was thinking this would sort of factor in sort of learning by doing. So as you were talking about in New York, New York's built up the infrastructure to be able to roll out adult use fairly quickly. So I was thinking, you know, the months that it's had medicinal may factor into the amount of sales. Similarly, the months that the state has had adult use. So, for example, Oklahoma, Nevada, were state and probably more were states that enacted adult use, but the market couldn't quite the supply couldn't meet up with the demand right out of the gates. So, you know, cannabis takes some time to grow. So, you know, you need some months to go by for, you know, the supply to build up. Plus, we would expect, you know, in the long term, you know, costs are going to be coming down. People are going to be inventing new technologies. So this is sort of an abstract way to cover that. And then I just tossed in a, a month dummy variable just to control, you know, for a bit of seasonality and, you know, not, not every month is um, the same. So without further ado, let's go ahead and estimate this model here. So I'm going to just be using Python, but I always think the data is more interesting than the software. So, you know, this is just a means to an end. Um, so for example, if you're gonna write this in R, it should be possible. Um, so, so this is just Python. So just going to read in a handful of useful packages, just to name a few. Matplotlib for plotting, pandas for data wrangling, stats models for doing statistics, grab population from the Federal Reserve Fed Fred. So those are some useful ones and the rest are just sort of, you know, software manipulation. Just gonna define a couple of handy functions. So this function will just get data from the Federal Reserve whenever we need population data. And then this is just a little helper function just to find, you know, the, the months elapsed. And then just going to read in the API key and uh, format the plots. Okay. As I said, the data is more interesting than the software. So let's look at some of the this data here. So in prior weeks, we've just primarily been working with Excel workbooks just because it's pretty simple to create an Excel workbook and look at it. But, oh, you know, all these software developers and data scientists probably are already familiar. This is JSON, so JavaScript object notation. And it's just another way of displaying data. And it's quite handy because you can do you know, nested data. So I would, I love JSON. So 
I think it's a it really helps you know to think about these objects and so I'd like to use the analogy of a duck or ducks so you know these are all states so you know say you've got a group of ducklings you know you've got a whole bunch of ducklings but you know each duck each duckling is going to have different properties so you know these are all our states here and we can keep track of different properties for all the different states and what i've done is basically just indicated okay are the states permitting medicinal or adult use and then when was medicinal permitted and when was adult use permitted and this is easier said than done so this is where i say that this this can be improved upon so i would actually highly recommend you do this because i did this really quickly and i still need to go back over and um, double check everything but check out the source because so for example this just says oh california permitted medicinal in 1996. Well, we're going to have to hit the history books and newspapers and find out what month in 1996 and when the actual stores were opened. So I'm trying to set these dates when the actual stores were opened. So for example, our representative here from Colorado, I'm not certain I got these dates correct i tried to do my best of identifying when you know dispensaries actually open their doors so if you notice any mistakes here you know please please correct um, because we've pointed out in the past that measurement error can lead to bias in your results so if say some of these i'm using the date where the legislation was passed but not actually when the dispensaries were opened. That's measurement error and will lead to bias in our results. So this is, you know, our first assumption along the way, major assumption is that sales start, you know, when things are permitted. But you'll see if you start reading through these sources, you'll see that various states rolled things out quickly and sometimes things were delayed so maybe they permitted cannabis at a certain point but you know the dispensaries didn't open until you know years later so long story short i've done my best to identify you know when each state permitted and then the other data set we'll be using is this is basically all the sales data that we've collected in 2021. So we were collecting, you know, Colorado sales, Illinois sales, Massachusetts sales. Notice Massachusetts was closed um, for a month there. But anywho, there's still more data points to be collected, but these were the ones that we've diligently collected. So as a good Bayesian, we can use our, you know, prior knowledge or prior data in our forecasts here. So basically, we'll be using the combination of historic sales data 
to train our model. And then we'll use these variables to try to predict for states where we don't have good historic data. What's and the data source of the sales data? Yes, uh, I still need to finish adding them. I've started to add some here on the sources tab. There's still some missing. They're sort of scattered throughout our 2021. What I'll do is by the end of today, I'll update all these sources here. So that way you can have the sources, but essentially they're all public data sources where these various states are publishing various data points. Great, thanks. So, but good question. It's always important to share your sources. And, you know, that, that's what we're doing here, you know, open data, open source. Awesome. So we've got our data. Let's go ahead and read it in. Awesome. You know, just take a quick look at it. There it is. There's the exact same data we were just looking at. Now, time to start doing data science. So one of my favorite things to do is create and retrieve supplementary variables because you'd be surprised what you can calculate. So for example, we're going to basically use when the state permitted medicinal or adult use, that way we can calculate how many months the states had medicinal or adult use. So, you know, don't want to spend too much time on the code, but um, basically just checking, okay, is the state an adult use state? And then, you know, I'm calculating down here how many months elapsed since then for each point in time. And then just creating a set of month effects. So um, you have to look at an observation. So for example, here's Washington. The last data point we have for, for there is a October of 2021. And we say that, okay, there's been 160 months of adult use and 285 months of medicinal use. And so we're um, hypothesizing that that has an effect on total sales. So those are our sort of our main metrics here. And then month effects are basically just zero or one if it is a certain month and you need a baseline comparison month so i've excluded january so basically our month effects will tell us how different a given month is from january so whatever the so here the parameter beta 5 it's actually beta 5 through 15 because we have to include, you know, 11 dummy variables. 
So each coefficient will say, okay, this is how much different February is from January, how much different July is from January. So the idea is you should be able to exclude any given month and our estimates for the other parameters should be the same. Should be, I have to double check my statistics here. Anyways, without further ado, let's estimate this regression model. So here it is. So it's basically just a constant, a coefficient on population, coefficient on a dummy variable, zero or one, if the state has adult use, the months that it's been medicinal, the months that it's been adult use, and this is called an interaction with adult use. So basically, if the state doesn't have adult use, then this will just take a value of zero. I thought that was reasonable. And then the dummy variable for the month. So here is the regression of sales on these variables. And I just did this cursory earlier, so I actually haven't um, analyzed this regression. So just going to do it right here for you. So first things first, I like to look at the R squared. You can roughly interpret this as, you know, how much variation are we explaining with our variables? And so, right, you would love an R squared close to one because you're explaining almost all of the variation at that point. 0.47 is actually not the worst um, for, you know, a structural regression. You know, I've seen R squares much lower, but it would also be nice to have an R squared much higher. So what you can do is you can start to add variables. And what you can do is you can actually there are some statistical tests you can do to see, you can see, okay, you know, let's try to add some variables and basically penalize ourselves for adding more variables while, you know, rewarding ourselves if we're able to explain more variation. So long story short, you can compare models and I would highly recommend all of you to, maybe you can think of creative independent variables here that you would like to add. So personally, I would just start thinking of demand and supply side variables and see if we can't include those. Keep in mind, if you add a variable, you're going to have to forecast it into 2022. For population, I used the most naive forecast you can have and I just said, okay, the population in 2022 is going to be the same as it's going to be in 2021. Another big assumption, you can improve upon this model by forecasting population. So if you, once again, it's going to add a bit more uncertainty, but it may result in a better forecast because it's a stretch to assume that population is going to remain constant in every single state across the country. 
that's not realistic. So once it, so I like to kind of preface the work I'm doing here in this meetup, it's a, it's a lot of a demonstration. So please take these numbers at face value and know that all of these forecasts can and should be improved upon. So for example, you know, if you're actually doing something, you know, for the state of Colorado, you know, definitely want a bit more rigor than than I'm using today, but it's more just a, a thought exercise, a proof of concept that we're doing today. So just for the sake of time, just gonna use these five variables plus the month effects and, um, and know that there's ways to improve upon this. <clears throat> so let's see if we can't do any rough interpretations of the data here. So for example, our coefficient on population is 6.6. .6. So roughly speaking, <clears throat> for each additional person in a state, you would expect around $6.60 additional sales. I had seen a lot of people use adult population right right because you know just be if say somebody's born they're not going to be consuming cannabis in 2022 um so so long story short you could improve upon this by perhaps using a measure for adult population maybe i missed something but uh where did you factor in price i thought we were talking number sales excellent excellent question I'm not factoring in price. That could be and is an omitted variable. So as we've seen in states such as, you know, there's a large price discrepancy between prices in say, the two states we have price data are Oregon and I wanna say, Massachusetts, perhaps? Oh, yes, in Maine. So we have prices in a handful of states, and we could get prices in Washington if we wanted. Long story short is we don't really have price data for most of these states. So, so then I'm not clear what the population coefficient means. Would it be number of sales rather than dollars? It would just be dollars. So basically, our our dependent variable here is sales. So this is just sales in dollars. So the total gross amount, the total amount grossed by cannabis sales in a given state. Does that answer your question? So basically what I'm saying here is for each additional person in the state, you would expect the total sales in the state to increase by $6.60. How much actual cannabis that is, like you said, depends on the price. So for example, you know, $6 goes a lot further in Oregon than it does in Massachusetts or Maine, because the prices in Oregon are like a third of what they are in Massachusetts and Maine. So 
Long story short, I would love to include a measure of price for each state, like for example, maybe average price in a given state. I just don't have that data. So, and I would have to forecast that data into 2022. So, once again, there are companies out there that actually do a really good job at measuring price. A lot of that's private data. However, they could improve upon these forecasts by including a metric for price. So, excellent, excellent point. Surprisingly, we have this negative coefficient on adult use. So that would say, oh, having adult use actually lowers your baseline. But, you know, we've got a positive coefficient on the months of adult use. So it seems that, you know, the more and more months that you have adult use, the higher and higher your sales are going to be. Similar for medicinal. However, you know, the coefficient smaller than adult use, around a third of the size. So the effect of having adult use is, you know, almost three times as great per month as medicinal. So, and, you know, these are, if you're a frequentist, these are, you know, they're, they're looking fairly significant here. One thing that you'll see is, not many of these month effects are, you know, statistically significant, except for perhaps July and August at the 95% confidence level. So that would just, so basically you really couldn't conclude that any month is different in sales. Keep in mind, our training data is limited, right? I showed you that early, right? Our training data doesn't include all of the states. So I needed to expand our training data because there is still public data that's not been collected. So that's another way to expand on our forecasts is we can add more training data to just train a better and better model here. So long story short, um, I'm including them anyways, but you may want to try to re-estimate this model without month effects and see maybe that, maybe you don't need these month effects. Um, I'm including them because they're one thing that we can forecast with 100% certainty. We always know that in October of 2022, it's going to be October. So we know that with 100% certainty. So I, I think they're a, they're a nice go-to when forecasting. Awesome. So without further ado, just going to define the parameters here. And here's just a whole bunch of software. But basically what I'm doing here is, okay, let's... We've got this list of states here. So I'm just going to iterate over all of the states, you know, find out when adult use was permitted in each state, when medicinal was permitted in each state, get the population of 2021, which was actually just published a few weeks ago. So 
So long story short, we've got those variables for each state. And then I'm just going to iterate over, you know, our forecast horizon, which is 2022. So iterating over each state, iterating over each date, and then just a handful of, you know, if statements to, to figure out, okay, what are the variables we need to include? But nothing, nothing too fancy, really just this is where the magic happens, where we actually estimate the forecast, you know, beta naught plus beta one times population, beta two times adult use, beta three medicinal, and so on and so forth just as we specified in our regression model. So let's do that. So basically I'm just plugging in variables into the regression model that we just estimated. Takes a, a handful of seconds because I didn't write the most optimal routine here. There's a lot of ways you can optimize this, but as Edward Tuff says, show the data. So here are, whoops, I didn't quite do that right. Um, give me one second here, I can fix this. Actually, I think all we need to do is add a time index to this. Um, hold on. Yes, question? Is there a question at hand? Um, okay, so we may have to just save this part. Um, because we can still look at, I'm gonna try this one other thing and then we'll just move on. Awesome, there we go. Just had to add uh, the index just to kind of line everything up. So this isn't actually the most informative chart ever. And was there a question? Ah, right. some people have to jump and I always try to wrap it up. So I'll be wrapping this up shortly. And then if you do have to drop, you can check out the recording on YouTube. So not the best plot in the world because there's just so many states and I think I'm reusing some colors over and over again. But, you know, we've got our forecast for California on top. And then, right, we, I don't, oh yes. Let's, let's just list these because I think the list is a bit more informative than this, this big plot. So here's just the predicted sales by state. And I'm going to order this by the most sales. So that way it's, it's a little easier to read here. And as you'll notice, our forecasting model is has some wonky predictions. So basically, Texas does technically have medicinal use. And they've got a giant population. 
So because of the way our forecasting model was constructed, Texas is taking the number two sales. I don't think this is realistic per se. So I think this can be improved upon. So for example, you know, Florida is number three. Once again, I'm not certain about this, but we don't really have good data from Florida, right? So, you know, if you look at our regression model, all we're really using is, you know, their population, whether they're allowing adult use, whether they're allowing medicinal use. So our, our model can probably be improved upon, but really the population is what's carrying our estimations here. Um, but like I said, any forecast I think is better than no forecast. So we're, you know, way underestimating Colorado because we've done a theoretical forecasts. And I think our a, for, a theoretical forecast was that Colorado would be around 1.6 billion plus in 2022. So this model has some, some huge shortcomings, but we just needed to sort of do something because we, we just wanted to get a number for each state here because now we can compare our estimates to CNBC's estimates. So, you know, given our crude forecasting model, you know, we're predicting, you know, 1.5 billion in New York in 2022. And if you look at my assumptions here, that is under the assumption that New York permits adult use on October 1st. My source was um, this website, which suggested that New York would, would do it near the end of 2022. So, so that's an assumption built into the model, you know, that can be improved upon. Um, but long story short, our total estimate for the U.S., you know, given all our imperfections along the way, is 26.9 billion. So now we actually have, you know, a number to put on it. And I would like to say that, you know, now we can actually say, okay, whose model predicts better, right? Because we can actually tell. So, you know, we can wait till the end of 2022 and we can basically calculate the root mean squared error. And we can basically see like whose model predicts better. Does CNBC's model predict better? Does, you know, this crude model predict better? Or perhaps, you know, you, you know, you can create your own forecast. And so I was thinking about maybe we could do some sort of competition where, you know, we all, you know, could make a, our own forecasting model. Maybe we could do a mix. So I think that may be the best sort of, sort of mixed model where we use the a theoretical model when we do have sales data, such as in Colorado. And then we can use the a theoretical, I mean, we can use the structural model, the theoretical model 
for states where we don't have good data. Um, a lot of the states we don't have have fantastic data. Um, so still need to look a bit more, but long story short is a, a lot of this is chalked up to medicinal sales, which I'm skeptical will be as high as our estimates are, but you know, any estimates better than no estimate. So there we have the numbers. We've run a little long, so I'm going to go ahead and end the, the presentation, but does anybody have any thoughts or comments? Yeah, I'm a little overwhelmed. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Uh, but why, I mean, my first thought is why, uh, you know, why, why concatenate medicinal and recreational use? Just to get a total number or because... Uh, good I mean, they're, 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 they're kind of different things. Uh, wouldn't a more granular focus... Uh, I mean, yeah, you want to have an overall number, I guess, for the farmers, because they're going to be producing it. But wouldn't a more granular uh, take on it help? Yes, 100%. And that sort of brings us back to sort of this day-to-day -day luge, where I think you're 100% right. I think it would be good to have an estimate of adult use and medicinal, because I think they're different things. I was primarily doing this just to compare to CNBC's number. Because they said they that was their estimate of total legal sales. So, you know, medicinal sales, you know, they're still legal. So I was including them. And it's, it's really tough to distinguish these, right? Because, so for example, Oklahoma is a medicinal state, but it's fairly permissible. Whereas other states may only permit you know, they, they may have heavily restricted medicinal programs. So it's, that's why I was saying a lot of these estimates for states with medicinal, I wouldn't, I don't know how much faith I would put in those forecasts because I think there's a, there's a big, there's big discrepancies in how the medicinal programs behave from state to state. So if there's a way to capture that in a variable, then th then we should all brainstorm and we could probably improve upon the model. So, but like, I'll just leave you with this. This is a starting point. It's crude. It's not set in stone. It's imperfect. It's just a starting point. So I'm just putting that out there. Just, but you know, this is what we have. So I think it's better than nothing. I think it can definitely get a, a whole lot better. So, so definitely hedging it. So, you know, so, that, so now you kind of saw the process and you can see, okay, there's a lot of assumptions built into this. The model's imperfect. The data's imperfect, but it's all transparent. So, I will say that there's a lot to get your teeth into with this. Yes. And so instead of just seeing, you know, oh, 31 billion and just having to take that at face value, you can, you know, dive into all the different layers that are involved. 
you gotta have a baseline somewhere. So here we are. Exactly. And the cool thing about forecasting is we can we can check it. Um, if we can get the data, that is. So as 2022 unfolds, we can see, you know, how right or wrong we were and adjust our model. And that's part of the process. So, you know, we've got to learn from our mistakes. And inevitably, we've made some mistakes. So, yeah, you know, the model can be improved upon and we can keep at it. So, for example, as January comes, some of these states are coming online. What was the state that just permitted here? Um, I think Delaware, yeah, Delaware and, oh yes, Montana just permitted adult use. So, you know, as we see these various states unfolding and collect more data, then each month we can, you know, revise our forecasts for each month ahead. So we can measure ourselves as we go and then make better and better forecasts for the future. So it's the best we can do. <laughs> I'd just like to thank you all for coming. Thank you all for staying a little extra. I know your time's precious, so I'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you all for coming though. Thank Thanks, you. Sagan. It was great. Thank you. Awesome. Have a productive week. Keep your nose to the grindstone, and I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.